0: Hello and welcome to this final session of the Soundtrap Education Summit. Uh, for 2020, we're going to be kind of recapping and wrapping up some of those sessions that we've had in the summit and, um, you know, just kind of reliving some of our favorite moments from, uh, all of these fantastic sessions that have been going on. And so, uh, my name's Matt Miller. I'm the moderator of the summit. You're probably, if you participated in the summit, you're probably sick of seeing my face and hearing my voice at this point. <laughs> There's probably been a lot of it, but, um, super, super excited to have, um, those of you joining us that are here live by the way if you're here live we would love it if you would jump over into the chat real quick and just let us know who you are what you do and maybe even where you are too uh so we can kind of get a picture of that so um we've got our um soundtrap education specialists and more uh this afternoon um at least in Eastern time where I am. It's this afternoon. Uh, and we're gonna be talking through some of these sessions. And so let's do quick introductions real quick while our, um, you know, while our live guests are checking in as well. So, uh, let's start with Audrey. You want to do a quick introduction? Oh, but you gotta unmute. Rookie mistake.
1: Hi everyone, <laughs> I haven't spent all day on Zoom meetings or anything. I'm Audrey O'Claire, uh calling in from Maine, and I've worked at Soundtrap for four years, and I'm super happy to be here with you today, and super happy to be wrapping up uh, this really incredible experience with the summit. So thanks for joining us, and thanks for watching the previous nine videos. Awesome, Jess.
2: Hi there, my name is Jess Kurtz. I am an Ed Specialist based in New York City and really looking forward to the conversation that we're about to have today. I think we've all sort of been chomping at the bit uh, to get to have a good conversation as sort of our brains have been spinning with with great ideas as the videos have been released. So really excited to be here and and listen and learn from my colleagues.
3: Yep, yep, absolutely. Justin. Hey everyone, Uh, my name is Justin Grimes. I'm also an Education Specialist and I'm based in Los Angeles, California and, just and like, like everyone else said is really excited to be here so
0: <laughs> absolutely and alan
3: hi matt thank you um
4: i'm in scotland um i'm a classroom music teacher have been for a long long time and i'm now working with soundtrap as an Ed specialist and loving it
0: excellent excellent all right wonderful so um Let's uh, let's say hello to some of the folks that have checked in. Like we've got Isaac's here from Brazil, so that's exciting. We've got a couple of other folks who are just checking in, saying hello, and then um, we've also got a question already. Je- Devin wants to know if we're going to be inviting edu users to provide feedback, and I think that seems to be something that we're definitely we've definitely been interested in pretty much the whole time, right? Is is getting feedback from everyone, so go ahead audrey
1: yeah and i'll speak to that um devon if you keep an eye on your inbox in the coming days we'll have um a a form for you to fill out uh to comment on the app on um, Soundtrap in general and on your experience with the summit so stand by and we'll uh, get that for you
0: all right, excellent. And then we've got someone checking in here from the UK, also. So it's good to see those of you that have um, checked in. Yep, that's right. Alan is Alan is loving the UK connection there. So very good, very good. Well, um, there's so much that we could talk about when it comes to the summit. We had nine presentations from a little more than two dozen different presenters. So you know, we had uh, folks from. All different walks of life you know we had musicians and songwriters we had students we had educators we had podcasters we had storytellers I mean You know the list just kind of goes on and on of what we had and of course the the big theme behind the entire summit was their voice their world you know we're encouraging and amplifying um student voice and so uh you know that that theme really did sort of resonate through everything and so i thought maybe this would be a good place to start is to talk about you know what what sort of resonated with everyone when it came to the theme? Their voice, their world. We're talking about student voice. Um you know, what What were some of the things that you heard, some of the things that you thought related to all of that? And so um, let's just go right around the room in the same way that we did earlier. And by the way, if you're watching this live, I'd love for you to answer that question too. What about amplifying student voice really resonated with you? Where Where is your mind on that? So let's kick this to Audrey first.
1: Yeah, I think it's important too to kind of mention why this even happened right why did we come up with the the um, theme of their voice their world how did we get here why did we have a virtual um conference to begin with and you know matt you were such an important part in this journey and um i remember the day when you know you and i kind of chatted uh for the first time about setting this up because we had to pivot away from Getting together at an ISTE, or at an FETC or at a uh, South by Southwest Edu, which is you know where we would normally uh, capture some of these themes and decide, okay, what would the the what are we going to talk about next? What matters most to teachers right now? Um, what are they talking about? And so we sort of uh, that was the conversation that you and I had back in July when this you know conference was born and. Um, And so I think that obviously Soundtrap being a tool for capturing um, audio and and student, their actual literal voice and their figurative voice, right? Like the voice from their mouth and the voice from their heart. Um, So I think that that was our goal from the beginning was to be able to have every session, uh, be able to speak to that in in some way and in a different way. And then, you know, as we started building our set list, and our list of speakers um, and the ways that they captured student voice. Um, I feel like student voice and student choice can be overused a little bit. Um, and maybe some folks have maybe been a little bit tired of hearing it. And I feel like we brought it back. <laughs> I feel uh, like the folks um, that were that were a part of uh, these interviews and these chats um, really brought it back and made it more relevant than ever. Um, yeah. Like you said, from whether we're talking about music making or songwriting, song making um, to podcasting and improv. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that you know, before I you know turn it over to Jess, like that that is what felt the best to me about these nine sessions is that it wasn't just platitudes. It wasn't just like you know, taking some buzzword, they really talked about their literal and their figurative student voice. And I just think, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they did an incredible job uh, helping to set the stage for us so that Jess and Justin and Alan and I can go back to our work tomorrow talking to teachers and now have this content to point back to and say, well, when Michaela Bly was talking about storytelling with you know, folks that she's worked with in the past, this is what she said. So I just feel like they gave us so much, um, you know, to draw from. And, and I'm really excited to sort of say that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jess, how about you related to student voice?
2: Yeah, I can kind of build off of that. So, Audrey, you, you sort of spoke really beautifully about this idea of voice and um, the elevation of voice through different mediums and different platforms and different tools and sort of the way in which that can be captured. And the other part of that, the second part, their world, I think, was what really resonated with me, because ultimately our world or the world that we thought we lived in before um, March of this this past year has certainly shifted our thinking um, in many ways, both from, of course, um, you know, a personal and professional level, but also from an academic And an educational standpoint. So thinking about the the way in which the world is is growing, changing, shifting, um, swerving and curving in so many new ways because of what's happened, but also the idea that students are a part of the process to create that world. So Mm -hmm. it's not something that happens around them, but it's something that they're a part of. And so I think um, when we come back to that, that sort of um, thematic overview, I'm really excited to sort of dig in and and talk more about that.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. How about you, Justin?
3: um first i would just like to say uh, i reached out to audrey earlier this week after watching the first episode and i was for me i was just blown away um starting off a summit with those powerful speakers spoke a lot to me um just because when i think about their voice their world a lot of times black and brown individuals and teachers and students don't get a chance to share their stories or their platforms so i think that when we're doing this like when we hosted this summit all the different sessions something that stuck with me was creating space for this like storytelling to happen, but also allowing people to share their own stories and not someone else's story and they're reiterating it. So I think that's what I saw throughout the, every single video that I got a chance to like watch was everyone shared their own experience and how storytelling has definitely elevated not only themselves as teachers, but how it's impacted their students um, as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Right, right, absolutely. And Alan,
4: yeah, I think the theme "Their Voice, Their World" is, has been whoever came up with that was I, you, Audrey. It's fantastic. Uh, I knew I wanted <laughs> really, to do about really, student
1: voice, but it was Matt that came it, up with it, the zinger. So that was he, he gets all the credit. Well for that.
4: done, Matt. All the credit to Matt. Well done. No, it's brilliant. And Matt, let, let's be honest, he's done a super job of talking to all these education experts uh, from all, from all over. I think it's been brilliant to see so many different perspectives being brought to bear on this, and to learn from everybody's, everybody's perspective. Because we've learned, every, everyone has something to say that's worth hearing, and I think that's been a big thing for me. Um, there was a young lady by the name of Leila mm-hmm. Shroff, and one thing I picked up from her was that, it, for teachers, working in, with audio creation and student voices is, is doable, and I can do that. We can do that. It's not something that's off limits to us, and I think through Soundtrap, it's doable. Um, The other thing is kids love learning together. They love learning from each other and with each other. And I think that's an important way for young people to be engaging and and learning. And and the collaboration aspect of Soundtrap, even globally or just locally, is is something really quite special that is a new opportunity for folks to be collaborating. And also developing the skills that they need, um, creativity skills, communication skills, um, I love the thing Jake said about giving students ownership in their learning. Give they're really invested in what they're doing because they can take control of it. They can share it. They can you know it's just exciting. Um, and there's so many other things that the, the chap Claudio was talking about the power of storytelling. Um, and somebody else was talking about global collaboration in songwriting. I mean, imagine the fact that you can actually work on a song together with somebody in Australia or Europe or wherever, unbelievable. So I took a lot from it, thank you.
0: Yeah, wow. I'm impressed, first of all, Alan, at the breadth and the depth of your notes and that you've got some little things from all of the different sessions. That's very well done. I'm I'm impressed. And, um, you know, I thought we might kind of kind of roll with a couple of those things that you mentioned. Um, I know several of the sessions that we uh, that we got to sit in on had to do with um you know, like spoken word, maybe not so much about music, although we will come back to that in just a second, but, you know, we had a whole session on storytelling. We had a whole session on podcasting, um, you know, public speaking and all of that. Um, and there there were just a handful of threads through all of this I thought were 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 super powerful. And so I just wanted to see what um how everybody wanted to kind of riff off of that if you had any thoughts. And again, I'm still calling out to those of you that are watching this live. Please do uh, continue to throw your comments in about this and and your own takeaways. Um, you know, I think whenever we get up to speak, uh, you know, if we're recording it or even if we're just there live, um, storytelling does come into it. And, you know, uh, Michaela Bly and Onesha Roy Choudhury, she, um, both of them, talked, talked very beautifully, I think, about how storytelling plays into what we do and how it can play into our um, you know play into our lives and our our classrooms. I I know when um Michaela said that storytelling is identity. It's like, you know, you're you're almost creating that identity by the way that you tell the story. I thought that was super popular or super powerful. Um and then we even had uh you know some some powerful things about public speaking. Uh you know we had uh Tatiana and Tara uh both who have uh taught uh, public speaking in some way, shape or form, either on the K-12 level or on the higher education level. And I even mentioned during that session, I said, I thought I was going to get a lot of technical tips about here's how you should stand. Here's how you should project your voice. Here's how you can use your voice to do X, Y, and Z. But one of the big things that they talked about was confidence. You know how that's a big part of, um, any of that, uh, you know, talking about how, um, you know, for instance, when it comes to confidence, we've got to address our fears and our beliefs before we can move forward. So we can, you know, show up and be um, the you know, the best the best version of ourselves, I suppose. So, um, so I wanted to kick it over to the group here and see, uh, you know, what sort of resonated with you as far as the spoken word side of things. Um, let's go to Justin first. Justin, what do you think?
3: Yeah, um, I think just by the title of it, uh, the who's listening, uh, it speaks a lot. Um, And I really appreciated that segment because they talked a lot about um, bringing up stories that are not told and allowing students to tell um, their authentic stories through that. I mean, a question that um, she posed or said was like, students should know that their stories are powerful. Um, And I think that as teachers, uh, we have to make sure that no matter what emotional state we may be in or what's going on, we have to always affirm students and to let them know that you are special. You are powerful. And that goes through storytelling as well. Cause a lot of it, like they spoke about is confidence. So you can give someone a, a script or a piece of paper and there's words on it and they make can say it, but it's about how they're exuding their confidence throughout to show that like, I am confident I can do this. I know I am powerful. And that goes back to just like starting from day one in the classroom, always making sure that your students feel special and to know that like they are capable of doing what you um, want them to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Who else? What else as far as the spoken word? Audrey, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So. I listened to um, michaela's and uh, anesha's the the first um even before I actually got to watch the first episode of um, with Duran but I watched it as I was making dinner um and my son who's 10 or now eleven was um sort of laughing at me because I was answering them back. I was like, oh yes, and you know, and and laughing. And I felt like they were such good communicators and such good storytellers that I forgot I was in my kitchen in Maine and that they were on a previously recorded um, conversation, right, like, and so, I, I just I thought that that was so powerful and i I that resonated with me after is that how I felt just in that one hour session, how that session made me feel and how I felt like I was right there in it with with you and with them. And one of my favorite things that michaela talks about is um, social drafting and how oh, you right. know the first time you tell a story, you tell it one way and you you key in on, What folks and what your audience picked up on and where they laughed and where they gasped and where they yawned and where, you know, they lost interest. And then the next time you tell it again, you tell it a little bit funnier, you tell it a little bit more crisply, you know, um, and I think that's how we write. That's how we want students to write, right? it's It's all about the audience and gathering clues from your audience. And I think it's so powerful when we can um, say to our students like this is this is what you're doing and what you you know what you, what you just, but the first time you told me this story, you told it this way, and now I heard you just tell it again. And here's what I saw that you left out, and that's that's an incredible skill, and that's called social drafting. And Michaela Bly made it up, just ask her. Um, and you know, the other thing that uh, you know, she's so that Michaela talks so beautifully about is um. <laughs> And I just forgot that what you did, but uh, I had one more piece that I wanted to talk about with Michaela, but I've lost it. So I'm going to- well, I have something for it. If you, you want picked, to, you to me, me yes. then we-,
2: we- yeah, no, no, no. I think there's something interesting actually that I was I I wasn't planning on making this connection actually until right now, but I um had the pleasure of listening to uh Natasha and Batsheva's um improv and theater session. And so I know a few of you also just just your body cue right now sort of had that amplified like yes, that had power to it. And so um one thing that I think we're all sort of hitting on a little bit is this idea of storytelling for yourself and creating your identity and the narrative that you develop through that story. And then also, Audrey, sort of that social drafting and the way it comes back to you and how you might evolve um, your techniques or your structures um, because of the feedback you've gotten. And that's no different than the writing process, right? When a student has, you know, a drafted essay and hopefully they have a chance to have five or six edit drafts, you know, so that they can evolve and grow their text over time. It's the same probably with theater, right? I mean, bachava mm-hmm. talks about that. You don't just go up on the first day in the opening night and open up to the, to the main stage without a rehearsal. There's so many evolutionary processes that happen Um, And so that sort of just resonated with me as you were talking about that, that that feedback
0: yeah, you know, that's that's so interesting that you mentioned that. I've, um, I've done some training in public speaking and the program that I went to was um, was run by some folks that have some background in theater. And so we've seen an awful lot of that. And that's actually, um, you know, some of those techniques are ways that we use to rehearse, of course, but also to try out and invent new content. So if you're trying to figure out what you want to say or what you want to write about, or whatever it is, um, you know, using some of that spontaneous improv type of stuff, um, you know, actually getting up on your feet and trying it out can can be really, really effective. So um, did you figure out what it was that you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, I knew I had two things that I wanted to mention from Michaela and, and, um, you know, full full honesty here Michaela's Michaela is a friend of mine and I've sat in on several of her sessions and I met her at South by Southwest edu several years ago now but um you know one of the things she talks about is when a student finishes their you know their storytelling their piece their presentation their podcast their um how we often just launch into feedback mode right like we just automatically um start telling them how that you know, how that felt for us and what that, um, what we noticed, what we liked, what we didn't like, and we opened it up even for their co- their classmates and colleagues to offer feedback. And, um, and I think that Michaela says, pause, don't do that. The first thing that you should always do when a, a student or an adult, anyone, has just done their work and told a story is to ask, how did that feel? Like, how did that feel for you? And and I feel like, what if we did that with every assignment, with every uh, project that kids pour their heart and soul into before we just launch into telling them, you know, what was right, what was wrong, what needs improvement? How did that feel for you? And then being able to see it through that lens is, I think, just so much more, more powerful. So that's something that I took back with me and I tried to do even in meetings, um, you know, so I I think that there's so many bigger life lessons from some of these, what might seem like smaller, you know, lessons from these sessions. But yeah. Thanks for coming back to me and thanks for bailing me out, Jess. I, <laughs> and I'm so glad that you came back to that one too. That was a meaningful
0: moment for me as well. And it makes me think about how uh, from the smallest performances to the biggest performances of our lives, you know, whenever we don't have it all scripted out exactly the way that we want, we have feelings about how it happened. And even sometimes when we do have it scripted all the way out, we have feelings about the way that it happened, you know? And that goes in education all the way down to like, I wrote this paragraph about this thing all the way up to, I did this whole semester project or, you know, bigger. And we have feelings about how it went. And so just because we presented a certain way doesn't mean that it went exactly the way that we wanted or that we would do it exactly the same way the next time. And so that's a pretty valuable question, I think, is how did that feel? So I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. That was so good. Um, Alan, did you have anything as far as a uh, spoken voice goes to contribute?
4: Um, Well, I could say, I think it's interesting that it's for teachers and for students, it can be a great new way of recording progress in their work, in their learning. A a fantastic new way, a new way to assess, a new way to record assessment, new ways for peer assessment, um, as as Audrey was touching on there. Um, It's also the skills that they gain through the process, the confidence that was mentioned. Also Mm. self-esteem, it (laughs) makes them feel good. They enjoy it. (laughs) They they actually enjoy the process and they they enjoy the the feedback that they get. Um, They're also learning presentational skills. Um, Presentational skills are very, very important. I mean, in the world of work, it's important for young people to develop skills where they're confidently able to speak and project and speak properly. And voice projection in itself is important. Even when a youngster is making a podcast and they don't speak clearly to the microphone, they soon learn that ain't gonna work. And they soon know without being told they need to speak clearly. So there's, there's technical skills as well. And so they're learning technical skills in making a podcast and recording themselves or recording each other. There's also team skills where they're really working and relying on each other to be supportive in the process. So there's a whole bundle of things going on. But I think one of the most interesting things is the thing I said at the start is it's new ways of recording progress and assessment instead of just writing things down, they can have audio recordings. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know there was there were a couple of themes that I thought carried through so many of the different sessions and you know we didn't even set it up that way. they just they just all seemed to kind of flow and one of them was um, that that really struck me was that your way is the right way. You know, I think we heard that in the storytelling sphere where, um, you know, I, th- I think it was Michaela that was saying that there's no right way. There's no perfect way to tell a story. There's just your way. Um, and the songwriting session, we heard the exact same thing. You know, there are lots of ways to write a story. or There are lots of ways to, to uh, record a song and to sing a song and to write a song. And you just got to kind of find your way. And again, we were talking about confidence earlier. I think it speaks even back to that of being confident in your own voice. See, it just keeps coming back to the voice thing, doesn't it? Um, so I, I was really impressed by that. And then there was another thread that kind of seemed to pop up through all of it as well, which was the idea of cons- uh the, the idea of culturally relevant and responsive teaching, you know, that idea of, um, reaching students right where they are and who they are and making sure that that kind of education really, that, that they show up in the, um, in the lessons, in the teaching, in the representation that they're able to show up. And, um, that, that was one of the things that impressed me was that that whole idea just kept coming back. I saw it um you know when when Marcus was talking about using music to teach math. You know, it was definitely there when um Duran and his guests, you know, were were talking about the education that impacted them. It was there. You know, and um it's just it's just so important I think whenever we do education to make sure that students feel like they're seen and feel like they're heard. It's like that story that Duran was telling, um, you know, uh, Duran talks about how his French horn was basically what uh, saved him from a, you know, sort of destructive and difficult life um, and propelled him to the life that that he dreamed of. And when he got to college, he tells the story about how his professor asked him what kind of music he liked. And he talked about, you know, various different kinds of music that he liked. And the professor says, huh, I noticed that you didn't mention that classical music was was part of that, you know? And it's like, yeah, but it didn't have to be, you know, it's, that's, just, that's just who he was. And so, um, you know, making sure that students show up in that way And then also, like we were talking about earlier, finding out that your way is the right way a lot of times and that, um, you know, having your your personality pop up on that. Um, And I wondered if uh, if that sort of resonated with anyone here or if anybody wanted to to
1: riff on that.
0: And if not, that's okay. We can move on to something else.
1: I was giggling when you were talking about Duran cause I thought you were going to talk about the story with his, where he got a trumpet instead of a oh, that was hilarious. saxophone yeah. and so, so I thought that's why I was giggling. So then, then I realized you were telling a more serious story. And so then I was like, oh, okay, sorry, <laughs> and then now I look like a jerk. So no, I, that was so meaningful to me too. Um, I feel like right now, um, you know, it's more than ever, or maybe not more than ever, but right now, definitely, we need to be having these conversations. We need to be having them out loud. We need to be having them again and again. Um, and I, I think that to have so many different voices contributing to this summit and offering such beautiful things about, you know, uh, their background and what music and storytelling did for them and how that might support our, you know, our, all of our learners, young and old. Um, so I think that that's, um, a, a, and an, it was an intentional theme. Like we were hoping that those types of conversations would happen. Um, right Matt, but and, yeah. and, but no one disappointed us there. So that was really lovely. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, I would just like to go off that point too. Uh, cause I, I was thinking about that too, Audrey. Um, I think that You know this summer when we saw things were like unfolding and then you automatically saw there was like this educational like i wouldn't say trend but now all of a sudden everyone was wanting to do culturally responsive and and relevant teaching and to me i think this should always be going on this should never be a trend you know this is something that you should always try to strive for and i think a lot of times where when i talk to other educators or just in conversation it's like this work can be dirty it can be messy so you're gonna have to roll your sleeves up and like make sure that you're really getting to the core of like what this work is. And so it goes even back to the theme of it, like their voice, their world, what type of world do we want to create for the students that are in schools right now? Or more so, what type of world do they wanna create? Because we need to start giving them more ownership of what's going on. So I really love like how you, you spoke about that, but just always telling educators out there or anyone who's interested, like let's keep this work going and never make it where next year during this time, Oh, we're on something new. No, we need to still be building things that are working towards a very inclusive um, world. Yeah,
0: yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit so far about the the spoken word side of things you know the the podcasting and the recording stories and everything but we did have an awful lot that when it turned to music you know um how music shows up in the classroom um we got to hear some professional musicians and producers and and all of that as well and um it was really fascinating to see what their suggestions were. And some of them came from little small places like here are ways you can insert music into the regular classroom. Here's some tips for the music classroom. All up to great big things like saying, Hey, music for liberation, you know, like let's use music to create the the life that, that you've dreamed of and that, that you want to, that you want to reach. So, um, I thought I might kick this over to uh, Alan, who is our uh, sort of music guru of the group, who has uh, spent time in the in the music classroom. Um, related to any of that stuff, Alan, what what sort of resonated for you? Uh,
4: Matt, I enjoyed the session that Rowena and Wayne and Scarlett were leading. They had they had some interesting things to say. Um, One of the things that I picked up on from Rowena was, she says that the songwriting, it really brings the class together and everybody has a role. You know, you might not think it that when you're writing a song, but uh, collaboration in songwriting is, some people like to collaborate and others don't, but Lennon wouldn't have been anything without McCartney and maybe the other way around, you know? Um, So everybody's got a role. The the students can really enjoy expressing themselves through songwriting. So Rowena was saying, look, Just let them get on and write songs and not trying to make the next hit but basically just trying to express themselves share their feelings and share their thoughts but work collaboratively and they can even have that opportunity globally Um, Wayne was saying it gives the youngsters a sense of identity to be able to write their own songs that helps them to see their place in the world because culturally um, right across the states there will be young people who write songs in different parts of the states in completely different ways because of the environment that they live in and, and the background that they come from. So there's that opportunity to express themselves in their mm-hmm. local uh, cultures. Um, and Scarlett had fab things to say as well. Bottom line is, it's fun for kids to be songwriting. It's enjoyable. And we really need to bring that fun factor into learning. So these are some of the things I picked up. I thought it was a great session.
0: Yeah. I did too. Totally, totally agree with that. Jess, what about you?
2: Yeah. So um, our, our fantastic ed specialist team knows that music is not my uh, layer of expertise. Um, I am not a natural born musician, nor do I have an, amazing opera voice, but, but that doesn't mean that you can't be invested in music. And that doesn't mean that you can't be invested in the process of music making. And I think that's one thing that I really loved about the conversation that Duran led with, with his larger group of amazing colleagues, because just this idea that music doesn't stop at the actual singing or the instrument playing, but it's how do you get involved in the producing and the songwriting and the moving pieces that make music happen? You know, of course, it's one of those things that when you listen to it on Spotify or you see a final product in the soundtrack Studio, it just looks like it's magically arrived there and it's beautiful and perfect. Um, but we all know that there's so many more processes and things that happen behind the scenes. Um, and so I thought that was so fascinating to to think about and that that conversation is now starting to open up in terms of education that, yes, I didn't necessarily thrive in the music classroom when I would go once a week with my teacher in elementary school, but I could have been an amazing right. songwriter and had we had an opportunity to discover that maybe in an English class or to integrate it in another way. So I'm really excited to sort of see where educators take that and find a, kind of find those interdisciplinary um, moments of of joy and light bulb moments i guess Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah i totally totally agree with that yes audrey
1: yeah speaking of interdisciplinary i think we definitely need to like touch on uh tim and janine's session um because that was the one i i watched just actually just went live yesterday right but um you know Tim and Janine did such an incredible job about talking about STEM and STEAM and how the arts can, you know, sort of infiltrate into every single uh, subject area. And I, I, I hadn't thought of so many of the um, ideas that they offered in the session last night. And I thought they just did it in this like, just really beautiful and patient and gentle way. It didn't feel like it would be, um, you know, a hard a hard stretch at all. But the other thing that I took, or that like hit me like a ton of bricks after watching that session, um, and when you talk about themes that have emerged, the other theme that came up again and again was this whole, um, you know, approach to social and emotional learning. And uh-huh. you know, right now in where we're all learning from. Different places, different spaces at different times, um, on different schedules, whether we're remote or hybrid or, you know, kind of back and forth to school. Um, I just love that everyone was keyed into the importance of focusing on students mental health and mental well-being and we really all need to be well-versed in trauma-informed education right now um this you know is traumatizing for many of our young learners and so how you know when we talk about student voice and choice as it relates to storytelling and music making, maybe we're thinking, oh, happy stories and happy music. Well, what if this is not such a happy time for folks right now, right? Um, And, you know, so part of there's responsibility that comes from offering, you know, student voice um, is you need to be prepared to manage and support and love them. When they use that voice and and find resources for them when they use their voice, and so I just felt like every single session, um, even if you know the the presenters didn't have uh, anything necessarily, you know, any social work backgrounds or uh, psychology backgrounds or whatever, everyone right now I feel like understands our responsibility to really be honoring where students are coming um, to us from right now. And it's not just about telling happy stories and it's not just about writing happy songs. Um, some of the the themes in the world right now are not all that happy. And so um, I just think that it's, there's a big responsibility that comes from being lucky enough to hear their voice so that they can shape their world, right?
0: Right. Right.
3: Yeah. And, and definitely going off of that, Audrey, when you mentioned about like shaping the world, um, I would just like to say in that first session, uh, I found myself just like jotting down notes like every five seconds. I was like, "Ooh, I'm taking this. Ooh, I'm taking that. Um, but Joshua Bennett, um, brilliant, like like just it's crazy how the things that he was saying. But something that stuck out to me was he said, language has the power to shape the world. And I was like, okay, let me rewind that back again. What did he just say? He's like, language has the power to shape the world. And you know, you think about songwriters. And um, for me, I love the old Motown music, like Marvin Gaye, and you know, Pat, like Aretha Franklin, and all those people. And during that time, music for them was their liberation. It was their way to tell stories. It was their way to shape the world that we know, like, is right now. So I want to always like make sure that we're telling students and teachers like allow people, to allow the students to use their language to make the world that, you know, they want to create. Um, But I love what you mentioned about that. And I think that was a theme that I saw throughout all the videos as well, is that storytelling and just spoken word can like shape so many things that are like happening around our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And you know, one of the things that I love about this and the, and this isn't even like a plan Soundtrap plug but this kind of fits in really nicely i think is that um you know when you when you use when students are empowered to empowered to use Soundtrap to do these kinds of things to either do podcasting and to tell stories or to create music or whatever it's kind of like what we were saying earlier i think it was uh rowena atkins in the summit that was saying you know let's not make them you know let's not make kids have to like go through all of these hoops to start writing songs let's let's just let them write songs now the, what I wanted to mention real quick, this is something that was totally, totally unplanned, but I keep seeing it happening. See, whenever we do these um, these live videos, we get to see what's going on in the comments. And I don't know if anybody else on the show has been watching all of this, but we've got about two or three Soundtrap users that are in here, not probably even listening to us. They're just talking about what they make on the platform and how they like what they're doing and like go check out my stuff and everything. I'm checking out his profile. Can you check out my music as well? Like, I don't even know if they hear me, like if they even know that we're, we're talking about him right now, but this is like proof positive right here of so much that we talked about in this education summit, you know, like, We don't have to, and that's the beauty of the world that we're in right now is we don't have to go through all of these hoops to start making music, to start, you know, a podcast. Like it's like what um Lila Schroff said about podcasting. She was like, you know, um, let the kids get at it, you know, let them let them get going. If they're if they're passionate about it, if they wanna if they wanna try it, then then go for it. So anyway, I just mentioned that and I thought that it would be fun to kind of loop that in. So
1: no, and I think I'm really happy that you talked about Lila and Daniel's session because I think that it's important that we really pause there and, and celebrate how lucky we were to have these two student um, you know, podcasters take an hour of their life for us and, and let us know their process. And it, the best part is, is that Daniel came... I found out about Daniel from another Spotify colleague who had seen an article written about him in podcast movement. Um, and um, he's been podcasting since he was in seventh grade. He's now a senior. And um, and so, you know, my friend Jane from Spotify texted me this article and said, but he should be using Soundtrap. And I wrote, I'm on it, right? Like, yes. so I said, Stan-, you know, I'm on it. So I reached out to him uh, through his, uh, you know, um, Website, which we'll link to, and it's linked all over the place. But, um, Student Podcast is his website that he was so inclined to create to support teachers, like a student created curriculum for teachers. I just think that is so magical and amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I I, so I talked to Daniel, and, and I was like, we're doing the summit. You've got to talk to us. Your teachers need to hear from you. And then he's like, yes, and I want to connect you with Lila. And Lila has just graduated and is taking a gap year and is spending her year in South Korea and uh, just doing such amazing things. So I I feel really fortunate that we we able to you know have their voice because it's 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 their voice that we were looking for this whole time. You know, mm-hmm. yes, we have these amazing adults that spoke and have done great things, but it was it was that voice that I really was looking for. And so, um uh, I'm just so happy. Mm -hmm. to have had there. And, uh, you know, the other thing that we need to talk about at some point, Matt, whether it happens right now, but when Jocelyn was saying, I was jotting down notes when, during Duran's session, and I was like, yeah, but you didn't have to, right? So, um, you know, I want to talk about the the PDF notes that you and your team put together, Matt, and I giggle every time I think about it when you're, you know, your blog writer or whatever was saying, I can't keep up on this session. I'm just, I feel like I'm just transcribing the whole thing because it's so good, every word is gold. So um, those PDF notes were uh, just such a dream.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. In fact, uh, just to kind of follow up with what uh, Audrey was talking about, whenever you come into, and by the way, if you're not signed up for the Soundtrap EDU Summit, guess what? If as of the moment that we're recording this right now, it is still open for registration. You know what? I'm going to put a little... Ticker down here at the bottom. Let's just leave that down there for the moment. Um, so head on over there to SoundtrapEDU Summit.com and get registered. So you can see these sessions that we've been talking about. But what you can see is if you scroll down a little bit, you have this button that says View and Download Notes. And if you're registered for the summit and you haven't done this yet, go run and do it right now. Like, you know, you come in here, you grab this, I would just hit this download button up here in the corner and just go download all nine of them. And basically what you've got, like in this case, this is that one session that Justin was talking about. There are five pages of notes taken from this session. And so you can download them. You can, um, print them out like certain nerdy people do to make sure that they got everything. Um, no, Audrey and I were just talking about that earlier. I'm like, hey, that's something I would do too. I was even joking with them about how to get ready for this session. I have all of these notes written down on like regular paper. But um, yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that is on all of these um, all of these presentations. You know, all nine of them. You can see there's three, there's six, there's nine. You go through to any of those, and you um, can grab the the notes there. And then the other thing that's cool too is. Um, you know, within each of these videos, uh, and this this was sort of an Audrey O'Claire thing more than anybody else's, we thought that it was really important to have human created captions in all of these videos. Uh, you know, it's uh, really all about accessibility and making this available to folks. And so um, these aren't just like the uh, sloppy auto-generated YouTube captions, which are getting better, but they're still not great. Um, and so uh, you know, that that ended up being like, you know, the more that we talked about it, the more that we thought, A, we need to have these, but B, this is an opportunity to kind of model universal design for learning and um you know, just just helping educators to see in some ways, you know, how how video should really be done. So that ended up being sort of a uh, an important point, I think, for for all of us.
1: Yeah, I lo- I love that. And I I think that you know, just to have multiple means of, you know, taking in information and being able to have the video and be able to see the faces or if, but what if we had to mute and we just wanted to read the session, right? This is good for all learners and all viewers. And, you know, I I loved how you highlighted one tweet from someone, oh, I'm forgetting where she was, not Brazil, but, um, you know, she was downloading the videos and listening to them on her commute. She's from Japan. And yeah, I just thought that was so amazing. And and I think that by having multiple ways for folks to access this content again and again is, is really valuable. So the, yeah, the captions and the human generated ca- captions was super important. Um, and I think that we can let folks know that we have a little bit of a surprise too. And while we'll be pulling the videos, um from you know offline in a week on the 14th we will be adding links to the audio to spotify um so you'll be able to add, access that audio for um forever hopefully so uh, that's pretty exciting and you know matt i i think that it's super important that we talk about all of the you know the different takeaways that we really wanted to provide to teachers, you know, at no cost. We know that they're having to like learn, not you know, students aren't just learning at home, but teachers are now having to do their professional development at home too. And so, you know, by offering the videos and the PDF notes and the certificates, like the out the certificate for you know, completion for professional development hours um, is such a gift and folks really ate that up. I was so happy to see how well-received that was. Um, And now the audio, um, and hopefully, hopefully, a community is being built from this as well. So I feel like we've done right by teachers for the last 10 days. And um, so I'd love to have others chime in about that. But I think that that's been a really big goal of ours, and I think we've come through. Yeah.
3: Um, something that I, like, I took away and I think that teachers will be able to take away are a lot of like the improvisation like games that were like mentioned throughout the sessions. Um, I think a lot of times like I am I was a theater geek in like middle school and high school and so I used to love doing those type of things but I know there was one point in my life before I got on the stage where I was afraid. And it's like oh Justin you were afraid to do this? No I was and it wasn't until teachers told me to like do different exercises that they, they mentioned about how you say like the word or how you make a gesture that really helps students. It builds that confidence, what we talked about in the beginning, but then also it just makes students feel like that writing isn't intimidating because I think sometimes students feel like public speaking or writing can be very like fearful. And so I definitely recommend that teachers um, check out those improv games that they spoke about. Um, and I'm excited to see what those are about.
0: Yeah, yeah. in fact, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I wanted to bring up the notes real fast to just kind of show folks. Um, you know, we scroll down just a little bit. There are theater activities that can be used in the classroom. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven bullet points. Improv in the classroom. There are a few different ones there. So I mean, yeah, they dropped a whole bunch of um, very specific actionable things that you can try in your classroom. So yeah, Jost, I'm glad you brought that up. That was good. So all right, well, um, let's let's start to kind of turn this in in the direction of wrapping up a little bit. And here's what I think would be kind of fun to do. Um, you know, we wrapped up so many of the sessions in the summit by asking this one question. We asked a version of this. You know, saying, what can you do to help students use their voice to change the world? And so, um, since we have the soundtrap education specialist here, I thought maybe we could um, take that question and ask it that way, or maybe even give it a little twist and say, what are some ways that you can use soundtrap to help students use their voice to change the world? because, you know, as as we've seen through a lot of these sessions and through, you know, a lot of the stuff that has gone with this summit, um, there are lots and lots of ways to do that. So um, let's go ahead and turn it over to the group. Who wants to take this one first as far as what are some ways that um, students can use their voice to change the world? I didn't call on anybody. I guess I probably should call on somebody. I'll,
4: I'll, All right, go Alan, again. go for it. Because, because all the good ideas will be taken by the time I'm speaking, so. Uh, now, now, I'd just like to say Soundtrap, for me, for students to change the world, at the end of the day, Soundtrap's the kind of tool that um, allows young people to develop the skills employers and, and need and want, and, and also the skills they need for lifelong learning and work, namely communication skills critical thinking skills, skills of collaboration and working as part of a team and as problem solvers. So I think um, young people are going to develop those skills more effectively if they're using tools such as um, collaborative audio, Soundtrap, I I just think uh, the fantastic opportunity with new technology like Soundtrap to do that. in terms of changing the world, I think uh, because Soundtrap is a global uh, sharing platform, I feel that young people are going to make more connections than they ever would have in the past, but the potential certainly there. And I think that through making those connections, they will end up empathising and, and living with care and, and thought for others um, through 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 globalisation and think, thinking along those Ways. I just love to hear of the projects uh, where America. Uh, there was a there was a proj- there, there was a a project between Stockholm and Los Angeles um, a couple of years ago, and it was absolutely fantastic. It'd Be lovely to see many more of these kind of projects. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. Jess, how about you?
2: Um, well, I think we're sort of lucky to have a. a- a live conversation today but I know sometimes our conversations that happen over the course of many weeks are sort of this idea behind um, seeing and hearing and sort of being a fly on the wall to these amazing works that teachers are of course creating for students whether they're assignments or assessments or sort of opening the door to using Soundtrap in their classroom and so that that initial launch is super important of course right like the idea of teachers building capacity for students to learn a new tool and building capacity to, to try a new platform. Um, but what I think we always talk about is uh, our greatest success or our biggest hope is that after a teacher has introduced it and after a teacher has brought students into the studio, that students use it on their own because they love to, because they can. So for me, a big piece of it is, of course, that idea of intrinsic motivation, that you know, until you know a place like this exists and that this wider community exists of these other songwriters and storytellers and audio recorders, um, until you know that, you maybe haven't explored it. But once you sort of open that up to your students, I think my biggest hope is that the, the change in the world that we will see with students is just the creation that they make on their own because they're excited about it. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's to come.
3: hmm yeah absolutely justin um i think when i think about like soundtrap and how accessible it is um, i think that it gives students um, and teachers um, a, a great platform to be able to dive into a world that they may not have known about um because some people may not know that you can have a job being a podcaster you can have a job being an audio engineer so having something like this at your fingertips and being able to you know try it out as young as you know six or seven years old definitely builds that confidence and just that like mentality that, okay, when I become an adult or when I want a job, I can go towards this. Um, and then also I think that it's just another medium to, um, to tell your own story. And I think through music and through podcasting, you're able to show your personality, your culture and like your own identity through creating different projects that are within uh, the tool. So I'm looking forward to like th- this next year, what's to come. Because I know that like this summit has definitely empowered not only myself and the team, but I know so many teachers and you know people out there. So, um, yeah, I'm so excited. And thanks for Audrey for like even just making this happen. Like this is so special and and so needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Audrey, go ahead.
1: Okay. Is my mic yes. working? Okay. Remember what happened to Michaela? Her AirPods died and, and then her mic wouldn't work. So everyone thought she was kidding, but um, my AirPods died. Uh, okay. I, my background is in special education. And so my work has always been to support um, the very young and the struggling. And so to be able to work for a tool and to be able to work for a company that allows for students to be able to show what they know by speaking it or singing it or rapping it or you know, banging it out on the keys, um, it, it just uh, serves the work that I've done since, Forever, um, you know, so I, I feel really, I feel really good about that. And I feel like Soundtrap, you know, like Justin spoke to, it's got that low floor, high ceiling. It's welcoming and inclusive. You can use it with five-year-olds. You can use it with ninety-five-year-olds, right? And you can. The best part is you can use it with five and ninety-five-year-olds at the same time, <laughs> right? So five-year-old in Maine interviewing their ninety-five-year-old great-grandpa in in LA. Um and I think that, you know, the having the ability to capture that voice and hold on to it and then be able to share it with the world or just tuck it away somewhere special, um, for you know, for your ears only, I think that's that's pretty um, pretty special, and so to work for uh, actually with this group of individuals is is pretty remarkable. But to work for you know Soundtrap that makes this possible, that makes it fun, like Jess spoke to, um, you know, that makes it sound so damn good. Um, you know, I just I think we're really lucky, and I think you know folks are are really lucky to have this tool and um we're so lucky to have teachers and students using this tool to learn from and with every day um so yeah
0: yeah um i wanted to tuck this away until the the end here i've been kind of keeping an eye on the comments here and uh this is uh, Maria from uh, Portugal, who is uh, sort of an email buddy of mine. We've emailed back and forth for, I think, a couple of years now. And, um, you know, she's so she said, through watching the summit, I feel inspired to try podcasting with a class of teens. Uh, I'm going to listen to their ideas for podcasts. Maybe we'll produce something interesting. And then she just followed it up by saying, I wish there had been something like Soundtrap when I was at school. And I've got to say, I feel exactly the same way. Students are very lucky to be able to use it and let their creative potential loose. So it's been an awful lot of fun, I think, for all of us to see what that creative potential might look like in a variety of different ways through this summit um, and how Soundtrap can can play into it. So um, this has been fantastic. Uh, I also want to echo what everyone else was saying and just uh you know give a quick round of applause to audrey for uh conceiving this idea and bringing it into the world and allowing me to come along for the ride and um it's been it's been fantastic so if you're watching this and you haven't gotten a chance to register and see what we're talking about then what are you waiting for you know it's free so go check out that link down at the bottom of the screen SoundtrapEDUSummit edu and um you know, go take a look at some of these sessions. We're recording this on October 7th. The summit will go until October 14th, 2020, uh, when it will wrap up. So we still got another week if you're watching this in that amount of time. So uh, I think it's about time for us to wrap up here. So, if you've been watching this, we've really enjoyed having you along and having you as a part of the um, of the Soundtrap Education Summit. So for Audrey and Jess and Justin and Alan, I'm Matt Miller. We are so thrilled to have uh, been through this with you and that you joined us. Uh, we hope that you'll take care and you'll stay safe and enjoy the rest of the summit. And we'll see you on the next video. Take care.